Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Learn How to See Better, the brand new podcast by your host, Drew Davis. And I wanted to go ahead and uh, get this second episode started. In the first episode, I introduced everyone to the podcast, let them know what it's all about, and introduced myself to let folks get to know me a little bit better. And it's interesting that one of the things uh, I'm frequently asked is, you know, how did I end up where I'm at doing what I'm doing. Uh, you know, when you network with people and, and get a chance to, to meet new people, you know, typically the question that comes up, oh, what do you do? Oh, what do you do? And they're typically talking about occupations. And I find that it's, uh, I, I get some pretty interesting reactions um, when I start to share that, um, that I'm a business owner and an entrepreneur. And it's kind of one of those, how'd you end up doing that type of questions? And I thought since we're just in this early stage of getting to know each other, I'd share a little bit more um, about the how did I get here part uh, of it all, because it also ties into the subject and the theme of the podcast of learn how to see better. And it really goes back to what I was saying um, in the previous episode, uh, essentially about a little bit of my, my backstory was that I was just a kid that grew up in a loving two-parent household. I was instilled with good values. I was taught the the value of good grades and education. And so I just followed uh, that guidance, right? I studied in school and uh, did well and got pretty good grades. And, and that just went on through that process, high school, college, um, you know, get a professional job and career and eventually start a family. And it was kind of like what was driving all of that was the classic, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I even remember actually filling out the, the college application my senior year in high school and, you know, getting ready to attend the U of A down in Tucson, Arizona, where we bear down. And I'm looking at that you know, college entrance, you know, application, and there were so many boxes for majors that could be selected. And I remember thinking, gosh, you know, I don't even know where to start. I haven't really thought about it before. And you, you typically in high school and before you even get to college, you're just fed the education that you have to take. You take the classes that you need to take to get the grades you need to make and, and you, you know, go to the next grade. And I remember asking my dad, I said, hey, dad, you know, what do I pick for a major? This is just, this is beyond me. I never gave any of this any, any thought as a 17-year-old kid. And he said, well, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I paused to think about that for a second. And it didn't take long before I came back with the answer. And it was... I want to be rich when I grow up. And he, he kind of chuckled about that because, um, you know, hey, you know, we all, um, you know, if you watch any any TV as a kid and you see, you know, all, all, all sorts of things on TV, whether it's lifestyles or the rich and famous or any other, you know, TV shows that talked about lavish living, um, you know, as, as a youth. And I also remember, you know, times in, you know, growing up in school where it's, you know, my parents weren't buying me all that fancy stuff and I didn't always fit in. Right. And, and you realize that, um, you know, there's connections to some of that stuff from from when you're younger and you realize that it might be cool to, you know, have lots of money. But, you know, I think we all have a little bit of that underlying desire and that deep um, rooted need to, to fit in and be accepted. And I realized I'd, I'd probably had some of that, but maybe wasn't aware of it. Um, quite so much at the time. So my answer was like, hey, I want to be rich when I grow up. That way I can buy anything I want and do anything I want. And that was just kind of the attitude of a, of a young kid. And I remember my dad's response. He said, I'll pretty much sum it up for you like this. You could either be a doctor 
a lawyer or an engineer. You know, in his mind and his world, that was the best advice he could give me, and they all sounded legit. And it was interesting, his process of elimination for that. He said, you know, you're smart enough to be a doctor, but you don't have the discipline to, to, to work to your, in your late 20s or even 30 before you start making the real bucks. And I thought, gosh, I'm 17 at the time. If I got to wait till 30 to start, you know, getting the good paychecks, that's not going to work for me. Yes, I don't have the discipline. I'm too impatient and coin operated, money motivated. And I wanted to get after it. Um, but bear with me, it gets even better. And it was uh, the second option was you could be a lawyer. And this was, you know, in the mid 90s. And, you know, this is right around the time of the, the OJ trial and the analogy he made because everybody knew who uh, the, the lawyers were in that case. Uh, it seemed like at least. And he said you could be, you know, Johnny Cochran or you could be a, a no name public defendant. Right. And so it was like, OK, <laughs> that didn't necessarily sound all that attractive and, you know, attorneys sometimes get a bad rap. He said, so, you know, you might not want to be, you know, you might not want to go into the law arena. And so the third option he came up to was engineering. He said, you know, engineering's a well-respected career. Uh, you're smart. You could handle it. You could do well. And you might as well pick electrical engineering because uh, that particular major is one of the highest paid in um in corporate America, in the engineering field. I said, okay, great. I checked the box and away I went. Uh, what, what a plan for the future, right? Just uh, whichever one will make me the most money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go with that. Um, but I felt like at the time, if that was going to get me uh, those desires that I had um, on the outside and on the inside, I was all for it. And I think the, the funny thing about that is we'll sometimes, you know, subscribe to a philosophy or commit to a game plan that, uh, you know, it, it truly indicates that we're just, you know, taking the leap of faith. We believe in the idea of something and we'll pursue it blindly if there's enough belief um, behind that which we're pursuing. And so, you know, one of the things I, th I think was interesting for me as I went down this path of not ever necessarily having any, any passion um, for this particular career choice, but it seemed to be the path to deliver what I wanted. And there came to be a time after, you know, several years where you realize, man, you know, I'm making the sacrifice. Um, I'm doing the things I'm supposed to from the schooling to the, the roles that you play as far as uh, developing your career and the certifications. And you, you get to a point where it's like, man, I'm, I'm climbing this ladder and I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, but it almost seems a little bit backwards when, um, when you introduce family into the mix. And I think that's one thing I never really calculated was, you know, how my um, focus on career and being all in to just climb, climb, climb was, was there and strong. But when family came into the mix and, you know, started having children and realized the, you know, the value that they bring to your world and the quality time that's so essential to be able to spend, especially while they're young, because most of the time they're in their world, they're going to be grown, if you really think about it. And uh, I found scenarios where the more I climbed the, the ladder in my career, there was more that required sacrifice for my family. And I thought, man, talk about a test of what you're really, <laughs> what you're really committed to. And I found myself in a, in a scenario where it was like, man, my job, you know, kind of controls my life, but my life means more than my job, meaning my family. 
And you kind of hit a crosswords where you realize if you're going to want to actually, you know, continue to climb and rise in that path to fully pursue work, I need to be completely dedicated to work. And in my mind, you know, family's got to take that back burner. It's got to be your number two. And that didn't sit well for me. And I remember thinking, gosh, you know, I'm, it's like I'm stuck. You know, you would think that, you know, you cross some of these different, you know, financial milestones and thresholds, um, you know, this income level, that income level. It's like, oh, okay, you know, crack the six figure mark. You're supposed to be, you know, on easy street, right? You've got it made. You're quote unquote successful. But it was though I was experiencing almost the opposite where the more I climbed the ladder of success, it's as though the ladder was leaning against the wrong building. And you get to a point where you're really asking yourself the question, how in the world did I end up here? How did I create this? And that's when it really hit me that, you know, as I was saying before, you know, to fully pursue work, I need to be dedicated to work. But if I wanted to fully pursue my dreams, I need to be free and I'll work for it. I'll work to build it, create it. I'll dream it up. But it became very, very apparent that I'm in control of this. And so you can, you know, keep climbing a career path and there's nothing wrong with that. But you're, you're, you're at fault for any of the dissatisfaction in your world that comes with it. Meaning, you know, I, I'm looking at myself saying this, I'm at fault. If I'm unsatisfied with what I've built for myself, what I've created, I'm in control of my dreams and my destiny. I have the ability through some of the investments I've been making in myself, you know, between, you know, after work, you know, and, and in the evenings to say, hey, look, I can make money outside of a, a nine to five and be able to provide for my, fam- for my family. And I can participate in new and exciting endeavors that I'm passionate about. And if I want to be able to unleash that true uh, level of, of overall health, you know, happiness, complete happiness, um, I can go after that. And if it's, if it's wealth that I want to pursue beyond my wildest dreams, great. That can be, that can be pursued as well. Um, and that was something that I never really looked at before because I'd been so uh, disciplined to follow the path that had been laid out for me. And I don't fault myself for doing that, but it essentially had a set of blinders on that I was just going through the classic kind of education, you know, good grades, good school, good job, good career, um, you know, that, that, that funnel, right? And the world's changed a little bit and not everyone has to go through that same path, that same journey. If you have passion or expertise or a desire to help others in this day and age, you can do that. You can take that bull by the horns and really swing for the fences. And that's something that I think for me was just a monumental uh, transition for me in my life to have that epiphany that, you know, hey, I'm the author of this book here called My Life and I can take it in any direction. And whether it's the different mentors I would, I would hear through books and audiobooks would say, you know, at any moment you can tear up your old life script and write a new life one, new life script, right? And you, you might not change your destination overnight, but you can change your direction overnight. So, you know, these are the types of, of thought process where you really start to, you know, come out of the cocoon, so to speak, 
and transition from that caterpillar to a butterfly and really spread your wings to reach that maximum potential. And so, you know, after I, after I had this, this epiphany of sorts, I had a great plan, you know, now to go out and conquer the world, you know, uh, one of the wealth building vehicles that was that I was exposed to is real estate. So it's like, hey, I'm going to go buy houses and build a residual income and raise a family and retire my wife and then I'll retire and live happily ever after. Sounds great. I understand that profits are better than wages and it's, and it's, a, great, um, it's a great intent to have. Uh, what, what the challenge <laughs> was that, you know, you don't really understand it and you don't really have a, a true appreciation for is when you elect to go down a different path having the right, let's say having the right perspective on how quickly success will take to achieve. And I think that was one of the things that, that I found myself in the scenario. I was like, how do I speed up my success, right? Um, you know, because there's still, there's still family life. There's still you know, job demands, you don't just, you know, have this, you know, this Maxwell House moment <laughs> and immediately quit your job and, and, and start a business. But what does end up happening is when you, when you hit that point where you realize you're stuck and you have that gateway, that light bulb pops on and you have the aha and you realize I've got to do something to make a change in my situation that's when the wheels start turning. That's when you start to get traction. And there's ups and downs along the way. Don't get me wrong. I've certainly had my share of them. But over time, there's been success. There's been achievement. Uh, my wife and I have had the, the ability to build out our real estate portfolio and real estate investing business to a point where we have options um, and we're able to make different choices. We were put in a position where we could fire our bosses and pursue our dreams. And as cool as that sounds, it wasn't what we received or what we were able to get that was the most monumental piece of it all. It's, it's who we were able to become in this process of the beautiful struggle, not just becoming courageous, willing to do anything to achieve that freedom, to remain cool, calm, and composed, and patient with success. And success not, again, meaning just the money part of it all. Um, I look at it from a health standpoint. I look at it from a wellness standpoint. I look at it from a mindset standpoint and strength, growth, development. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. So I wanted to share that, that, that little story of, you know, how I got to be here um, doing what I'm doing now, uh, being able to, to continue to invest in myself and invest in my ongoing education. Let's say your formal education will make you a living, but your self-education will make you a fortune. And I'm a, a true believer of that. And that's one big thing for, for me that I continue to do is invest in my own personal development. And I want to be able to take that information and share it with others. Because once you are the recipient of just, you know, pure gold, um, it makes you feel pretty dang generous, to be honest with you. And uh, that's kind of the, the state that I'm in right now. Um, where I'm at in my world, I find that there's nothing more rewarding 
than to be able to visibly see your growth and the efforts you've applied towards your growth in any area of your life. Maybe it's maybe it's your attitude. Maybe it's your fitness. Um, maybe it's your spirituality. Maybe it's certain relationships in your life. Um, once you learn how to see better, by making that investment in yourself and channeling your energy and aligning your activities to be such that you're surrounding yourself with people supportive of your goals, that you're surrounding yourself with an environment that's going to nurture uh, your positive intentions, that's when you really start to be able to move the needle and make progress and put the compound effect into action. So I took a little bit longer uh, on, on this podcast than before because I did want to make sure I, I drove the point home that uh, some of my background it, that, that has brought me to this point is I'm almost really just a messenger. And the things that I've done are um, really just designed to show people what's possible because I think that we all have different desires and we all have the ability in some way, shape, or form to design our own life. And as long as you're living with definiteness and the you know, very intentional uh, style of living, you're going to position yourself to be able to make great strides in all the areas of life. And, that, and that's true optimized health. So I think that um, that's a little bit more that uh, information and background about me that, that you can use to, to feel comfortable knowing that you've, um, you've got someone sharing information with you that has uh, a genuine intent to be able to help and to serve and uh, to learn from not just my mistakes, but the mistakes of others and, and take some of these things and apply them to your own world and to be able to achieve your own goals, your own successes and achieve your own optimal health and wellness. And that's the type of thing I think that uh, we need more of in the world and what's wrong with doing a little good in the world anyway. So until the next episode, hope you enjoyed this one. Be sure to share it, like it, post it. Uh, let a friend know about it if you think it's uh, the right frequency for you to tune into and get some good positive messaging in your mind. And with that, we'll close out this episode. Thank you for joining.